We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You date me a podcast where me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could cut, <laughs> even though you could cut up all of my clubs and say, "Tee hee hee, it's now confetti." I go, "Okay, thank you." My guest today, oh boy, I'm so excited! Is an actress, a comedian, co-founder of the New York Arab American Comedy Festival and the Muslim Funny Fest. Her TED Talk, "I Got 99 Problems, Palsy Is Just One," was the number one TED Talk of a 2014. It's amazing Zayed. Did I see your Hello. last name right? Yes, you did, which is amazing. <sighs> I did it. I, I practiced. It. I was like, I can't fuck this up. Mason, thank I you. I was <laughs> trying to distract you. I was trying to distract you. I was sailing a kitten in front of the camera to see if I could throw you off. But you are a pro. You are unflappable, Nicole. <sighs> Thank you. I was just, I, I just, I don't know. I move around a lot, so I don't. <laughs> it's not distracting for me. I'm always just like, I'm just moving. <laughs> You're going to make me very still. <laughs> Maysoon, how did you get into comedy? Hollywood rejected me. They hate disabled people. <laughs> They were just like, no, we only like to show disabled people who are miraculously healed on the red carpet. Mm -hmm. If you are disabled, you better not be darker than a paper bag. So <laughs> I was like trying to find someone in the media who looked like me. Who did I find? Which is hilarious. Richard Pryor. Ah. Shaking. Ambulatory wheelchair user. Darker than a paper bag. Funny as fuck. And I was like, <laughs> I'll become a comedian. And then I'll do a movie with Gene Wilder. I love it. I love it. What a fabulous plan. <laughs> we met when did, we met, I guess, two years ago at this point or maybe three years ago. I don't know. Time is irrelevant. Where did we meet? We met at um, 
a Hello Sunshine show. Yes. Yeah, and you will fucking annihilate it. Like it was such Thank a you. joy to watch you. And I love that like one of the first things you say is just like, don't fucking feel sorry for me. Yeah. And then everyone's like, well, oh, she knows. She <laughs> And they were like, well, we don't know what to do now. But I just love that you like disarm them and then fucking everything you said. Should we tell the audience why people feel sorry for me? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. Like, because right now they're like, maybe they Googled me and they're like, she Mm -hmm. looks like the lost Kardashian. Like, that ain't bad. Like, (laughs) what's wrong? She's maybe a little drunk looking. Um, So. 99 problems with palsy is just one. The joke that I do on stage is in the oppression Olympics, I'd win a gold medal. I'm Palestinian. I'm Muslim. I'm a woman of color. I'm disabled. I'm divorced. I live in Jersey. But I think that what you were talking about is the fact that I'm disabled and like people always feel bad for disabled people, but they Mm -hmm. also feel really good for themselves. Like people (laughs) love seeing a disabled person being like, you know what? My life ain't that bad. Like, I have people walk up to me and be like, you are so brave. If I was you, I would kill myself. That's so fucked up. And I'm like, I'm from Jersey and I may kill you because (laughs) no one will find you in the Meadowlands. And I'm flappy. (laughs) That's so fucked up that people feel like they have the right or just the privilege to be able to say that to somebody. But like, you know, that's not an exaggeration. No, I absolutely yeah. know. Yeah. Like, I'm just as a fat person going to the gym, sometimes we'll be like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm like, you I'm don't fucking you. know me. Proud of Get you. out of here with that bullshit. I love when people are proud of me. Because <laughs> anytime like a random person is like, I'm really proud of you. I'm like, because I ate a turtle. And they're like, what? Wait, what just happened? Because, but in all seriousness, one of the things that I um I talk about a lot is that like I grew up without social media. And mm-hmm. I really think that if I grew up with social media, I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing. Because like if I was in dancing school getting standing ovations, I thought I was dope. I thought mm-hmm. I was good. I didn't know they were clapping because I was a cripple on point. <sighs> dancing to win beneath my wings. I just like Matt Medler. I didn't realize I was inspirational, but like if a video like that went viral and every freaking person commenting, talked mm-hmm. about crying. Oh, who chopped the onions? Like, no, I'm fucking talented. Why are you crying? Why am I inspirational? Why are you proud? You have nothing to do with my achievement. Mm-hmm. Are you entertained? Because that's what I'm actually trying to do. I'm like a fucking gladiator. <laughs> I didn't even fucking think about that. Like the Instagram comments of people being like, this is inspiring. Like thousands of people just being like, this made me cry. And it's like, well, it's just, you know, a person dancing, a person expressing themselves. If a person without a disability didn't make you cry. Why does the person with a disability make you cry? You know which one is really telling? When they're like, captain of the football team takes wheelchair user to the prom. (laughs) And people are like, I hope my son's like that. And I'm like, how about the wheelchair user is probably a lot more dope. Uh And like, he's lucky she let him be her date. Mm -hmm. And like the assumption that like, it's always a favor, you know, and that like, it's merciful to just like, let us die. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucked up. Also, you said in the TED talk, which I fucking love. It is so simple, but people don't understand it. It is 
if uh beyond no if a wheelchair user can play beyonce yeah beyonce can play a wheelchair user and it's like yes why is that such a <laughs> why is that such a weird like a thought or or process like it's so insane so it's a couple of different things First of all, I chose Beyonce because she can slay everything. And I wanted to like choose someone who totally could do that, but shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Like, and won't because she knows now. But like, <laughs> um, I think that there's three factors. One, people genuinely don't believe we can do it. Like the idea that we could act our own roles, that I could play a person with cerebral palsy does not occur to them. And that's in the TED Talk. When I auditioned to play a girl with cerebral palsy and I didn't get it, they said I couldn't do the stunts. And I was like, well, if I can't do the stunts, neither can the fucking character. (laughs) But A, they think we can't do it. B, Hollywood is supposed to be an escape. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to watch you know, Sean Penn be down syndrome, but then like be perfectly healed after he smacked the teeth out of, you know, Madonna on a red carpet. But they don't want to see disabled people who don't get healed because quote unquote, normal people feel bad about themselves when they see a disabled person achieving something they can't. This has been told to me in meetings. Oh, damn. That that is... <laughs> Honestly, that is so fucked up, but also it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And it's really fucked up. So, like, I sold a TV show. I, yeah, I saw that on Deadline. I was so excited. Yeah. Well, I was trying to write it, and they said to me, if she's too successful, she'll make normal people feel bad. And then I was like, someone hand me the kerosene and a match because I'm Mm -hmm. burning this shit to the (laughs) ground. And like they put my character. I have cerebral palsy. The resting position of the arms of most we're not a monolith, but most people with CP is that of a kangaroo. They put my character in pink boxing gloves so that like when she wanted to psych herself up, she was like a kangaroo in boxing gloves. They had her stand, they had her stand on the bow of a ferry and scream, I have cerebral palsy, like Leonardo DiCaprio from the Titanic. When (laughs) when I as a creator, my one instruction was we are not writing the characters disabled. She is because I am. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm on general hospital. I'm just like a recurring character because I'm a comic and I can't be there all the mm-hmm. time. But like that character is not written as disabled. She limps into the courtroom and nobody's like, she's limping. Mm-hmm. Aren't you proud? <laughs> like she's just, so I had actually instructed them that I wanted this character to not be about that because Mm -hmm. in the sixth episode i wanted her to try to go into a club and have a bouncer say are you drunk she says no i'm disabled he goes are you the r word says the r word and she punches him Mm -hmm. and that was supposed to be the moment in the series where we watched her and we're like oh shit did you see what they just said to the girl we love? The mm-hmm. idea was to create a character that you either wanted to fuck or be friends with. And they said, if she's too successful, normal people will feel bad. You freak without Boy. saying you freak. Mm-hmm. But it's implied. And so I have no TV show, but I'm on your podcast. And that's like <laughs> adjacent to a TV show on my like TBS. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, you just talking through that arc is like entertaining and I fucking want to see it. Do you know? Like, I, do I, <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see her fucking own her power in a way where she's not standing screaming about her disability, but she's just like, go fuck yourself. And it's like, I'm powerful this way. Cause I can stand up for myself. God damn. I, <laughs> I had her, I had her in the love triangle. They stripped her down to pining after someone she's like, since she was five, that doesn't see her. I, I had her in the like steamy love triangle. Cause that's what people want to see Muslims do. come on admit it (laughs) yeah give it to me give me all that shit lost kardashian muslim (laughs) vibrates that's what they want but no the tv show thought they wanted me to be meek that's insane to like literally take a meeting with you and be like this woman will be meek (laughs) like i met you for like five seconds and was like oh my god this woman is full of fucking joy and energy This was like one of the most cathartic moments of my life that you just said that. Seriously, like, sorry to have a moment on your show. (laughs) But like, that's what I'm always thinking. Like, people sign me up for shit. And then they're like, wait, she's not going to fold herself into a pretzel and change her name to Diamond and Silk. And I'm like, do I look? Do I look like a Candace Owens to you? Because I'm not... (laughs) Like, that's who they think I am. And and I think it's because they broke so many stronger people. Mm-hmm. Like, look what happened with Fresh Off the Boat. Look what happened with, like, Margaret Cho. Mm-hmm. So many people of color went in. They were told, if you don't do it this way, it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. And they bent to, <laughs> and they bent to it because... They really, they, I mean, I remember people being like, you ain't going to walk away. And I was like, Dave Chappelle walked away. And they're like, you ain't Dave Chappelle. Yeah, but you're a person with like values and shit. And it's like, why put something out in the world that like doesn't feel good? Because I'm disabled. And in the United States of America, that's so expensive. I have like one goal in life and that's to keep my ass. I have an institution, nursing home, disabled living. Mm-hmm. So being able to do a TV show that pays me like $65,000 an episode would have created the nest egg. So a nice woman named Lydia could come and wash my hair on Thursdays. <laughs> but instead I was like, I will not be your monkey. <laughs> You'll get Lydia some other way. <laughs> like like falling on a sidewalk crack and suing the owners. <laughs> I mean, I, that's I there's this man who rides a bicycle every day on my street and I keep thinking I want to like throw something at him or fall down so he like falls in love with me. So I'm right there with you falling on cracks trying to get people's attention and shit. <laughs> Maysoon, are you single? I am. I got I got divorced after 10 years wow. in September. Wow. It's very yes, it's very interesting because mm-hmm. prior to getting married, I could only date Palestinians. My parents didn't care what religion they were, but my dad said he'd throw himself off the George Washington mm-hmm. Bridge if it wasn't a Palestinian. <laughs> I had watched Law and Order too many mm-hmm. times, floating bys didn't want it. So I married a Palestinian <laughs> because I had to. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and also I had to be a virgin because that was like a big thing back Mm -hmm. in the day. Like now, not so much, but back in the day. And so now this is the first time I can date whoever I want. 
And this mm-hmm. is the first time that like, I don't have to be like, no, you can't kiss me unless I have a diamond from Tiffany's. <laughs> and I hate people so much. So I don't know how to approach it. Like, I don't know how to approach it. You know, it's been great being on tour for 10 years. And like, mm-hmm. you know, these really gorgeous people would come up to me. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm married. And now I just be like, I'm sorry. I don't like effort. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't think I'm good at it, but like, I have to date because 80% of Americans said they wouldn't date a disabled person. So like, I'm the queen of the disco, disco Mm -hmm. for disability community disco. And like, I have to be a role model. So I think I need to date someone like, like ridiculously out of my league so that Mm -hmm. disabled people are like, it can be done. What an insane survey. Like also, what are you with the Grove? Yeah, like are you with the Grove? And someone comes up to you and like, would you date a disabled person? They're like, ah, no. Like (laughs) at the Grove, at the Grove, they would say yes Mm. because of the parking. Because of the parking, they'd be like, yeah, I would, I would totally do that. Yeah, absolutely. I get to park a little closer. Give that to me. I lived on Hollywood and Gardner from 2006 to 2009. Mm -hmm. And I convinced every parking attendant at the Grove that disabled people parked for free. And it was completely untrue. And no one ever charged me. (laughs) I owe the Grove like $600. That's so fucking. I love it. I truly love shit like that. We were just like, I don't know. I guess I'll just lie to you because you're not going to follow up on it. And and, and it's not money out of your pocket. There's a thousand cars in here. I'm a struggling actor. Actress, and by struggling, I mean I struggle because I have palsy. <laughs> Where do you live now? Are you in Jersey? Jersey forever. <laughs> yeah. So I have a house in Palestine, but it's like a little like mommy there. Sure. And um, but I'm I'm Jersey. I'm born and raised in Jersey. I'm a shore rat. I live right next to the George Washington Bridge. I'm waiting for Broadway to open. Like I'm scratching my veins. <laughs> I'm Jersey. Jersey. Sometimes I miss Jersey. I'm from Jersey, too. I'm from uh, Central Jersey, Middletown. Central doesn't exist. It's really just north or south. I know. So just, I want to, like, quick, funny Jersey thing. On Friday, I got to meet with the Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, because that's Mm -hmm. how I roll. And, like, (laughs) you're supposed to be respectful. And I literally started the meeting by going, Tony, you know who I am. I'm from Jersey. I can't control my tone. And he was like, you know, so like I literally preface meeting. People are always like, I can hear you. And I'm like, I know I'm not trying to be loud. I just am. I'm, I'm speaking over smog. It's loud. <laughs> That's what I like about you. Like, you speak loud. You speak your mind. You like a lot of stuff about me. Yes, I just like you. (laughs) Thank you. Namaste. Yeah, it was just so fun, like, doing that show, listening to your stories. And then I think we went to dinner after. And, yeah, it was just, like, you're easy to be around. And when we we go to dinner, I would, like, tell the waiter, I'd be like, I need you to chew up my food and spit it in my (laughs) mouth like a bird because I have no coordination. You did say that, and the server truly was like... (laughs) I don't know if this is real. Nobody else at the table is saying that it's not true. It was so funny. And you were like, I'm kidding. And they were like, oh, okay. (laughs) So wait, are you on apps at all? Like, are you trying? Like Twitter? 
No. Apps, like no. Like Tinder no, 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 or no, no, no. Bumble. <laughs> like Twitter. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seven different things. Number one, you get killed big when you're disabled on an online app. Like okay. big, big, big. They know we can't run. We're uh, like the uh, fucking uh, wounded no. duck. And then it's just the kill. <laughs> I'm in the Meadowlands, full circle. Number two, I'm highly desirable. Like half of Saudi Arabia wants to own me. Mm-hmm. And then like the rest of the world, like I, I have high stock. Mm-hmm. A lot of people actually want to date me. I don't know what to say. I know that's disturbing to people, <laughs> but like really decent, like wealthy and money's not a thing for most people. For me, we talked about the assisted living. It is. You, you got to get Lydia. Lydia's got to come wash yeah, your hair on Thursdays. Lydia's coming somehow. <laughs> like, we got to get a Lydia. <laughs> and also, like, I don't know if you know, like, I'm really blessed and lucky to be, like, a successful comic. And, mm-hmm. like, I did the thing where I dated guys who made less money and I didn't want them to feel bad. So I'd pay their way to shit I could afford. I'm done with that. Like you can either afford what I can afford or it's probably not going to work, but that's shallow. But like, yeah, I don't need apps because literally I have like a list of emails of guys who are like, saw on Facebook, you got divorced. My net worth is $831 million. I have like a pizza conglomerate in San Luis Obispo. So it's just me having to do it. And like right now I'm still like in some weird limbo between COVID and my career just being like so dope that I don't know if I want that kind of ball and chain. All right. Fair. And I have a cat and I have a cat. (laughs) I mean, what a treat. I wish. I wish my... My inbox was flooded with the men's wanton me. It's dry. It's real dried up. You know what it is? So my cerebral palsy, cerebral palsy is different in everyone. Like some of us are wheelchair users. Some of us are nonverbal. I shake all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm literally like a vibrating bed. <laughs> and I look like the lost Kardashian. So even though I'm fluffy, it's like they're like she vibrates. She looks like the lost Kardashian. And even her mouth shakes. Like I am what men want. <laughs> Oh, boy, I really fucking love that imagery. <laughs> like, a man would just, like, lose his mind being like, yeah, just- wait, so your mouth will shake if uh, if I put something <laughs> in it? Uh, if I uh, just put maybe something of mine in there? It's just going to shake? I'm like, it just naturally slacks. <laughs> it's just slack. Like, I have a slack jaw. My, <laughs> yeah. Real quick, we have to take a break. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. 
And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking. Intense, intense heat, lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulate it with chili pepper. Lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey and coco zing i put it on my lips and honestly it did sizzle them it sizzled them right to the moon they were plump and juicy and everyone was like nicole can i and i'm like get in line can you take the heat find your shade at maybelline.com or a retailer near you Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I gotta say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So... Even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can, like, order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> 
without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm like... What you? I feel like I just want to get a job. Like I've never had two and a half minutes of stand up on any late night show, and every Arab or Muslim comic I've trained in my life because me and my friend Dino Bidala founded this thing called the New York Arab American mm-hmm. Comedy Festival, post nine eleven combat images of Arabs and Muslim in media. Every freaking comic I have ever trained has gotten like their late night set. Mm-hmm. Except for me, no one will put me on because they think I'm inspirational. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sitting here with you and you can't breathe. And I'm not even trying to crack you up. I'm just having like a conversation. Uh-huh. So like, I've never gotten a stand-up spot. I don't get a stand-up special. I don't get to be on anything. Like, I love grinding the grind and fighting the fight. But like, it gets tiring at some point to be mm-hmm. like, really? Megan McCain has a job and... I- I'm in my basement. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty fucking wild because I feel like you've been in the game for such a long time. 20 years. Yeah. 20 to, like, years. Not even have a late night set is so wild to me. I've been in the game 20 years. I had a I had a book on bestseller list for six weeks and the most viewed TED Talk of 2014. And I can't get two and a half minutes of stand up. I'm like <laughs> channel 12 local news on a Sunday. <laughs> I mean, it's so wild to me. It's just so weird. Like when you find somebody who's like talented and then the, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the things that make you an, uh, like an other make you also very special. Cause it's like, you're not so, so much of an other that like someone's not going to understand what you're talking about. Cause I'm Jersey. Because, yeah. like, inherently, I'm relatable. Y- you're very relatable. And it's funny, in the beginning of the TED Talk, you kind of watch people be like, I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh. I don't know if it's okay. And then I think it's the Jersey joke is when people are like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Not only do I feel it's okay to laugh, I, like, genuinely like what I'm watching. I just, I don't know. It's It's tough. So I love comedy. Like, I love doing comedy. Mm-hmm. It's not hard for me. I'm never scared. I always step on that stage. And I'm like, yay. But, like, throughout my career, I've understood really quickly, like, the amount of fear that people have for who I am and the amount of hate, just, like, deep, deep loathing they have mm-hmm. for who I am. And that the ability to go on stage and see a person just look at you with venom And then crack them up because you found like that one thing, Mm -hmm. that one thing. But, but when I'm like cracking up these people, like, I'm not here to lecture you. I'm not here to change you. My job is to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the person that you're going to take to like get Trump voters to understand that Muslims are human. (laughs) Like that's not my jam. Uh-huh. My at all. So like I know that people are scared when they look at me, but like when I connect with those kind of people that I want to, I, I'm hoping that like the next three things they do in their life are better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. What's like your ultimate like I don't know. What's your ultimate like job? Like what what do you what's like it's the, the view? The it's view always been the view. You would probably be really good on the view. It's the view. I would be incredible on the view. Because like 
as I just said, I had a meeting with the State Department on Friday. <laughs> that means that I can do the politics thing. You know, I'm a comic, so I'm quick on my feet. They have never in 21 years have a visibly disabled woman. Like, that's such an important conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, for at least the past six years, they have had virulently, virulently anti-Islamic, anti-Arab commentators Mm -hmm. from Candace Cameron Bure to Megan McCain. And, you know, like Abby Hansen liked to dabble in it. She wasn't like big on it, but they liked it. And I think it'd be incredible to have a strong Muslim voice sitting on that couch in these conversations that we've been excluded from for way too long. So the view is the ultimate, ultimate job because I don't, I love Oprah. I don't want the Oprah Ellen thing because I don't want all the responsibility. (laughs) I want like 20 minutes, not an Uh hour. Yeah. I don't think I could host my own talk show. That's like, that's too hard. I can. I can do anything you pay me for, like literally (laughs) except for anal, but like anything else. You just got to get some poppers. No, I can't. Like, I'm very very spastic. That shit will break right off. (laughs) Well, if there's any view producers who are listening to this podcast, (laughs) you know what you got to fucking do. They know. And what I've been told is horrifying. Wait, really? Yes. I need to tell you the worst story ever. It's the worst story ever. All right. I'm ready. So in 2002, a year after 9-11, I did a PBS special called Arab Americans Stand Up. It was America at a crossroads post 9-11. Mm-hmm. So The View invited me and my partner in comedy crime, Dean Obidala, onto the show to talk about our appearance. Mm-hmm. Right before I went on, they bumped me and they replaced me with a Muslim woman comic who had been on stage three times, whose entire routine, entire routine, and I have the clip, it's on YouTube, was stripping off her hijab and throwing it behind the couch. Oh, no. And I was never invited back again. Oh, fucking no. I mean, I don't understand why people are so afraid of hijabs. Like, they're, it's just a piece of fucking clothing. No, no, no. It's not that they're afraid of hijabs. The comic who replaced me entire routine was stripping off a hijab and throwing it behind the couch. Like I told jokes. Mm -hmm. She did that. Yeah. They (laughs) bumped me for that. Like I was like, what just happened? It's funny because it's like or not funny. It's like awful because it's like you tell jokes and then she was doing like a a statement. Like a minstrel. Yeah. For like a bunch of white people to be like, yeah, Yeah. they don't even want to wear them. So you'll love this because we're both fluffy. (laughs) The whole joke was, you know, white, like Western men are always wondering what's under my hijab. And then she does the sexy strip and she's a big girl Mm -hmm. and it's like not sexy. So on top of that, it was like some weird self-deprecating big girl huh. thing. And I was like, I was like sitting there and like Vera Wang, like ready for my close-up. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? But I have one even better. It's really quick because I know we have to go and this isn't a therapy session. I was we going on- We can talk about whatever. I was going on MSNBC and I was getting my makeup done and they bumped me and replaced me with Dean without warning him. 
but my makeup was half done and they had done like the really strong contours because I have Uh olive skin. If you don't, I'm green on screen. And so I asked the makeup artist if she could finish my makeup and she handed me wipes. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) Yo, people are bold around you. (laughs) That's bold. Can you finish my makeup? I'm just going to give her wipes. Um, I'm not going to finish it. And I'm not even going to take it off. I'm just going to have her do it. That's so so wild. But like, but like I win. Like everyone's always like shoving me under the short bus. And like right now, thank God, by God bless. I have a comic book series with Scholastic. Mm -hmm. I'm going out and shopping a docu-series, a road trip movie, and a Lifetime Christmas movie. Yes, and And then like I became the queen of basement virtual comedy. Like corporations (laughs) love me. I'm like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. They check off every diversity (laughs) box. Sometimes I feel like when I do corporate gigs, the people that watch me did something wrong. And like, I'm their assignment. He's like, okay, we have to watch this woman with cerebral palsy. Okay, uh, I guess I'll come to work on time. I guess I'll come to work. (laughs) And then I always get at least one person who's like, you know, my neighbor's dog has three legs. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Comparisons, Comparisons to animals are fucking constant. Constant. That's people are truly the worst. Like that's true. That's so insane. That's not my first thought ever when I meet a human being to be like, oh yeah, my dog also. You know, yeah, my dog, my yeah, my, my dog's just like that. Like yeah, that's. I mean, everyone. I can understand why you don't like people. Throw them away. Start over. I don't like people. That's why you meet you meet the guy of your dreams. You go home with him, and his mother goes, "I'd rather see my son run over by a Mack truck than dating a cripple." And you're like, "Wait, okay. is this true?" That did happen to me in like the late nineties. Boy, 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 boy! I really, boy, really, boy. really, really, really wished I had a Mack truck and could have run him over and been <laughs> like, "Are you sure?" Because you can't take that one back. I'm a genie in a bottle, Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> That's truly so wild. What is dating like? So before you met your husband, what was dating like? So Arab girls don't date, we get married. So oh. before I met my husband, I snuck around extensively <laughs> and like couldn't do anything. Not because like my father would have never harmed me in any way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that type of thing. It was just like, I didn't want to disappoint him because he was the dopest dude ever. But I was convinced that if I did have sex before I got married, I would 100% get AIDS. And this is mm-hmm. like when it was not treatable. Mm-hmm. And I would also get pregnant and I knew that pregnancy would kill me. So it was like a whole ball of like, don't open your legs, mm-hmm. which is really stressful when you're dating in Jersey. Like, <laughs> I mean, know. it's like the prerequisite. It's like before yeah. you go out on the date, it's like, you're going to fuck me, right? And you're like, ah, <laughs> no. Sure. I'm like, but the thing is, I can't feel my left arm at all. It vibrates. And if I place it in your lap, none of us are responsible. <laughs> so it's consensual, <laughs> consensual yet not voluntary. <laughs> no, let me tell you what dating with me is. Okay. It's terrifying because you have to keep up with me. <laughs> so, like, I talk, you have to talk. Mm -hmm. And if you can't have like a dialogue, 
I I literally will just look at someone and be like, next. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> you know. But again, I was married for 10 mm-hmm. whole years. 10 years. And like my divorce was like not messy or anything. Like I got married the very next day. I was like, oh, I'm bad at this. I don't mm-hmm. want to hang out with anyone every day. Mm-hmm. And then like when we finally got divorced, I was like, be free. I'll dance in your wedding. I'll create <laughs> a scholarship your under your kid. Yeah, because he's a good egg. He's a chef a chef and a refugee. Or mm-hmm. a chef A chef I love that. Yeah. Ooh, but chef, yeah, dating. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. But mm. I'm I'm not crazy. I'm not a crazy dating person. Like I'm not the person who's like text me every day or like I'm the person who literally just wants to meet someone with a house in the Hamptons who Mm -hmm. only wants to hang out on Thursdays. (laughs) You honestly have a very busy Thursday. Lydia comes to wash your hair and then you'll see your boyfriend. (laughs) I mean... This is this is a stacked fucking Thursday. My, 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 this is my person, friend. I can do whatever I want now. <laughs> there are no rules. How did you meet your husband? I met him in a refugee camp. <laughs> okay. So, so have you ever seen the movie Dangerous Minds? Yes. Coolio, Gangster yeah. Paradise. So there was this movie called Dangerous Minds. Michelle Pfeiffer goes into the hood. She saves people with poetry. Mm-hmm. So the second Intifada had broken out in Palestine, like basically like people were dying left and right. And I was like, I'm going to go to Palestine. I'm going to teach kids comedy and save their lives. Mm -hmm. And then I went there and I was like, oh, this is a brutal oppression where you're being ethnically cleansed from being the wrong faith. I Mm -hmm. need love. And that's how I met my husband. <laughs> like, this is really intense. You're like, this is really upsetting and depressing. Uh, somebody please hug me. So literally, exactly. So literally at the time we met, the Church of Nativity in Bethlehem was being bombed. And they put us under 40-day curfew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I literally need a hug. And he was like, I volunteer as tribute. And everyone was like, nah, dude, she's crazy. Step back, step back. And he was like, nah, I can do it. And then he came to Jersey and got a food truck and lived a merry life. And in the pandemic, we were like, this ain't fun. And we can't do this for 40 more years Mm -hmm. because we didn't breed. And so I think you should go have kids. And I'm going to go to Ibiza. (laughs) Ooh, Ibiza. (laughs) I, I love would, dancing. Oh, I love dancing. I want to go to Ibiza. It's so beautiful. Nicole, let's go to Ibiza. I'll go to let's Ibiza. Get, let's get Netflix to pay for it. Some like, you know, black and white cookie and Ibiza <laughs> type of shit. Honestly, I think it'd be very funny and uh, it'd be money well spent. Money well spent. Real quick, we have to take another break. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. One. Two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) 
Auto Trader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. I, okay, this might be like a heavy topic for a comedy podcast, but like, I don't understand the whole Israel-Palestine thing. Is that too much to get into? No, because it's so not complicated. It's so not complicated. It's an issue that the people who do not benefit from justice, peace, and equality framed as complicated in order to scare people from looking at what was right in front of their faces. So here's here's how it goes. Palestine and Israel are the exact same land. There's no separation. No separation. They're on top of each other. There's no two states. There's no borders. They're on top of each other. Now, sit with me. If you're born in Jerusalem and you're Jewish, you have full rights. Uh-huh. If you're born in Jerusalem and you're Muslim, you have no rights. If you're born in Jerusalem and you're Christian, you have no rights. This is literally an issue of supremacy. One religion is given full rights. The other religions are given no rights. And those people, Palestinian Christians, Muslims, atheists, are told, listen, We're going to give you no rights. We're going to steal your land. We're going to throw you in jail whenever we want. We're going to control your water, electricity, your freedom of worship. And if you throw a slipper at us, we will bomb you into the last millennium and scream self-defense. So literally, the solution to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is one state with equal rights regardless of faith. And the idea that the Jewish population would be threatened by equality is bigoted and hateful. Equality protects all faiths. Israel could still be a safe haven for any Jewish person worldwide who wanted to come back while giving equal rights to the native population who are not Jewish. You cannot expect a people who are not allowed to literally breathe to not fight for freedom. I believe in nonviolence. I condemn the killing of children by anyone at any time. But in the last incursion, nine entire families in Gaza were wiped off the registry. Not a single person exists anymore from those families. What would you do? I'd be real fucking mad. I mean, like the way you break it down, it's, (laughs) it's, I, like, I, it's just it's it's I guess for me it's confusing because I'm like yeah stop killing people just like 
let everyone be equal. But wait, there's another little thing that no one ever tells you. Palestinians clean Israeli houses. We work in their cafeterias. They have absolutely no problem having Palestinians as cheap labor. Two, no matter how hard the powers that be try, Palestinians and Israelis are fucking, you can't separate generations, right? Mm-hmm. So like, just like they tried to separate black and white people, you cannot stop people from like loving who they love. Mm-hmm. So we're okay to be your labor force. We're okay to be the person you sleep with, but we don't deserve equal rights. Sounds like Jim Crow and apartheid to me. Yeah. I mean, it sounds exactly like what that is. It's just, I spent a month, I I spent months in America with every scientist going on TV touting Israel's amazing vaccinations and ignoring the fact that they were denying Palestinians access to vaccinations. Oh, God. Medical apartheid that you, you hear nothing, you know? And then we talk about me never being on TV. During the last invasion, I pitched myself to every single network that I go on for 8 million other things, like to talk about mm-hmm. bullying the Mets, Roseanne Barr, whatever. And I was like, hey, I'm a Palestinian American. I want to go on and talk about like how dehumanizing the rhetoric from the government is. And like nobody answered my calls. <laughs> yeah, it's such like a weird, touchy subject where people have some real hard opinions But, like, honestly, like, my opinion is just, like, I don't know. Everyone should just be, like, equal. Why kill people? People in charge are all fucked up. I think everywhere. Like, if you, like... Judaism Judaism is not to blame for Israeli policies. It's not. And I tell people, I know it's confusing that when every person of the group harming you is one faith, Mm -hmm. to understand that not that whole faith is bad. I get yeah. that that's hard, but Judaism is not Israel. You know, Christianity is not evangelicals. Mm-hmm. Scientology is fucking weird. I feel bad. <laughs> Mormons are hot. <laughs> I'm okay being baptized after I'm dead. I'm fine with that. Scientology is fucking weird. I, I feel bad saying that. <laughs> no, it is. I like went to the Scientology Center in Times Square. This was years ago. <laughs> and this lady was, she was like smiling and laughing. And she was like, do you like to smile and laugh? And I was like, I sure do. And then she was like, follow me. And my roommate was like, we're not following this <laughs> <God>. woman. <laughs> and I was like, we're going on an adventure. Fuck yeah. So they like showed us this video that was like, what happens in your past affects your future. And I was 22 or whatever. And I said, oh my God. That's right. What happens in your past affects your future. These people are geniuses. Geniuses. (laughs) Then they were like, buy this book. And I was like, I don't have any money. And they're like, who has money? Who pays for you to live in New York? I'm like, well, my daddy. My daddy sometimes gives me money. They're like, call your dad. So I called my dad. I was like, dad, can I buy this Dianetics book? They were like, call your dad? Yeah. No, shut the fuck up. Really? Uh Uh-huh. So I called my my dad. I was like, can I buy this Dianetics book? And he was like, uh, what's Dianetics? And then my sister's in the background going, no, no, it's a cult. <laughs> and then oh, I, was, 
<laughs> and then I did buy, I didn't buy Dynex. I bought a book called The Problems with Work because I was unemployed at the time. And my dad was like, ask them if they could help you find a job. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, can I, can you help me with a job? And they're like, we can buy this book, The Problems with Work. And then everything in the book was just written so weirdly. Like instead of writing, I went to the store, it was like, I needed things. So then I went because the place had the things that I needed, a store it was called. And you're like, wait, what? So I just like kept rereading. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I don't understand this. And then, give up. I didn't give up, but I did give up after like one chapter. And then later saw on TV, it was like Scientology is like a cult and the leader's wife is gone and nobody seems to know where she's at. Yeah. And nobody's ever going to look for her. <laughs> Miss Gibbons. Um, let me ask you this. What job did you get after that? What job did I get? Oh, I was a waitress. So I just started working at, at this place called Pernima. It's uh, on 50. It was it was on 54th between 8th and Broadway. And it was an Indian restaurant slash cabaret room slash Irish bar. Nice. And I was a very bad server. Oh, because that was my hood, that Times Square hood. I hung out on uh, 46th between 8th and 9th at Marlowe's and then the Hourglass. And yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, I was like Caroline's adjacent. Mm-hmm. I've never performed at Caroline's. I went to comedy school at Caroline's, but oh. now Gotham is my club. And actually next week I'm at the comic strip. Ooh. Just in peace, Drishy. Oh, I I hate it. I loved Richie so much. Richie was the legend of the comedy show. <gasps> oh. Yeah, I that breaks my comedy heart. <laughs> I do a lot of alt rooms. I don't really do yeah. a lot of club clubs like when I'm in New York uh and then in LA. I'm too lazy for alt rooms. <laughs> Cuz I do I do 200 shows a year on the road. Uh-huh. So when I come home I just want like my short thing. I'm like Christmas mm-hmm. Ellie, put me on stage. 200 shows a year is so many. It's That's so, so many. So many. Like at one point I had like 1 million miles on United Damn. and they were like, you get a black car to take you to the airport. And Ooh. I was like, I'm Palestinian and I'm not falling <laughs> for that shit. You're going to fucking take me somewhere. Of course I am. <laughs> at some point I'm getting disappeared. Like at some point somebody's <laughs> taking me out. If Trump had gotten a second term, I would Ugh. be in the deepest internment camp in Ugh. history. I would literally be the dude from Life is Beautiful just making people laugh <laughs> until I take a bullet. We are not we are not laughing at that time period. No. Just at the fact that this yes. country got so damn close and we're not that far. Mm-hmm. I think it's truly wild though to that you literally were like, I'm not laughing at that time period. And it's like people they really do like to get mad over every little joke sometimes. And especially because I am who I am, it's interpreted differently. So I have mm-hmm. to be careful. Ah, and yeah. by that I mean a huge Bon Jovi fan. <laughs> bon Jovi's so fucking hot. I didn't realize how He's hot so he was. Hot. Until, He's so hot. Oh, He's I like, so hot. I was on an Amtrak train. Oh. And I'm leaving the train 
in um, Washington Union Station mm-hmm. and he's getting on the train and I literally just like ate my tongue and couldn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> he was so ridiculously beautiful in real life, but there's one person who is so much, the most beautiful person I've ever laid eyes on. So I really lucked out. I got invited to this like fancy schmancy artist retreat in the Ojai Mountains in California. Mm-hmm. And Michael B. Jordan was there. Oh, and I sat word. across from him from oh. t- for 12 entire minutes and I could not introduce myself. And I am old enough to be his mother's mother. <laughs> and I literally just like he was effervescent. He was angelic. I've never seen a more beautiful human being. And Jamie Foxx was right next to him. <laughs> Jamie Foxx is also pretty attractive. That's what I'm saying. Like Jamie Foxx is a slice of delicious, and I couldn't even see him anymore. He was just like a blurred out background to like this glowing. <laughs> and I never introduced myself. Never. I could not get a single word out. I mean, that could have been your man. That could have been your no, man with the house no. in the Hamptons. No, 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 no. It no. could have I been. No, no, no. Women out there, be healthy. No, 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 you're lame. Michael B. Jordan ain't going for half a century shaky bakey. Palestinian doesn't really know that, how to have sex because she only slept with one guy, but she's willing to try. That's not happening. You got to be realistic. Women out there, be healthy is the funniest thing to say to people. Uh, ladies out there, you just got to be healthy. You got to be healthy. You you're not getting You're not getting Michael B. Jordan. You might get Michael Jordan. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. I'm so horny. I like, Who's your dream guy? Who's my... Honestly, Michael B. Jordan, I think, is my dream guy. Like, he's so It's just a given. Yeah. You know who else I love? I love, love David Diggs. Oh my God. He's so hot. He's also so laid back. I watched this like entire architectural digest thing where him and his (laughs) wife were like showing off their home. It was kind of boring, but I was like, I just really like looking at him. Yeah. I think he's so hot. And his voice is just so smooth. It's so good. And he hangs out with Muppets. Mm -hmm. I also like Anthony Ramos. I got to see in the heights early. Thank you. I you don't think so? He's got such pretty eyes. I just I just always hear him in shower, just being like, "Go, (laughs) Allie." I mean, yeah, but when you see in the heights, you'll get what I'm saying. Like, who is who is your first crush? Your first TV? What? Vin Diesel. Ah. Well, actually, no. My very, very first one was Patrick Swayze. And then I graduated to Vin Diesel. Um, Ghost. So I loved him in Ghost. I loved him in Point Break. Um, I just, oh, God, he's so hot. Or he was so hot. He was so hot. Who was your first crush? Almanza Wilder from Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) By Dean Butler. Yeah. I like, that's a good one. He was my first first crush. I, I I'm not plugging my book to be silly, but it, there's an entire chapter in my book about like 
my choices of who I had crushes on on television reflected mm-hmm. like my bad choices in general in life. Because mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. next person I liked was a guy named John Eric Hexum, and he was on a show called Cover Girl, and he accidentally shot his head off with a stage prop. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. So wow. that was my second crush. Okay. And then, and then I went straight to Kurt Cobain, and I. Oh, okay. And, and now I'm more of a David Diggs. So I I had a very long white stage before I <laughs> before I veered off. Yeah, and I'm in love with the, and I'm in love with the boy who who doesn't love me back in that way, but he's my very best friend. It's horrible. I'm always in love with men who don't love me back. But it's... he loves me, loves me, loves me, but not in that way. Hmm. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I have so many male friends that I'm pretty sure love me in a non-sexual way, but I'm like, come so what on. Is, what, is, what is that? Like, what is that? Because I have the mailbox full of people who are real people, not just like mm-hmm. guy from Saudi who's like marry on me. But mm-hmm. like, what is that? Like, everything is perfect, but you're not. What? What is that? I guess it's like they don't feel a spark or something. Like they like being like my old roommate. We I love him. I could never fuck him. And I think he feels the same way about me, but he's also a homosexual. So no, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm like talking straight. about those guys that you hang out with. You have like the best time ever. They tell you all of their shit. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, I met a girl named Susie. And you're like, <laughs> what just happened? Maybe it's like, you know, too much about them. So then they're with Susie and they don't tell Susie everything. Right. You're their, their confidant. But then like Susie's the one that like, I don't know. It takes care of their dicks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it is weird. I'm with you on weird. that. It's weird. That one I haven't figured out. Cause I keep, keep reading. Why won't you date me? There's like a screen <laughs> that we're looking at. And I'm like, since I told her it's not hard for me again. So my advice for people who do want to date. Yeah. Give me, give me some advice. Speed dating, speed, speed dating. dating, nothing but speed dating. Fuck all the online shit. You okay. speed date. You see what they look like in real life. What you do is you sign up for speed dating. They put like 10 girls, 10, well, whatever. We're not going to gender this, but 10 Mm -hmm. people on each side. You get two minutes to talk to each person. Then you move on to the next seat. At the end of the night, they say who they want to see again. You see who you want to see again. If you match up, you can go out with that person. And what's cool about it is you see them. So like mm-hmm. all the shit that like if you connect with and this is just because I'm like a Yenta and I think at some point I'm going to be like the million dollar cripple matchmaker where like I make disco <laughs> dreams come true. But like if they see you and they know you, you can you, all that shit is taken away. It's like this is who I am. You have two minutes to impress me what you got. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to do it. Wait, have no you commitment. ever speed dated? I've run speed dating tournaments oh. and I've had I've had four couples get married, have children that are still married today. Maybe I got to fucking do some speed dating. But you got to do it right. Like, don't go to like a county fair. Like okay. pay, you know, pay the the two pay or three hundred dollar fee. Yeah. Two or three hundred like, dollars. Yeah. But if you're going Damn. out to dinner, if you're going out to dinner, a really That's, good date. Yeah. Yeah, really good you're, date. You're going to be spending $150, and then maybe on your look, you're adding another 20 This All you're right. going out with 10 people <laughs> in one night. So, honestly, economically, it's better. <laughs> it's an investment, and it cuts through all the bullshit of the online stuff. 
All right. I mean, that's good advice. One, and then the like third or fourth question, if you're doing this with a guy, third uh-huh. or fourth question, you just go, how's the missus? Because they'll answer if they're married, even though they don't want to. Oh, my God. You're fucking sneaky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm smooth. <laughs> well, Maysoon, this was delightful. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. We've come to the end. I usually ask all my guests this. Would you date me? Oh, my God. Seriously, 100% I would. You're yes! super, super entertaining. For oh, real. thank you. Definitely. Do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah, tell people yes, your book. Yes, yes, yes. So my book is called Find Another Dream. Basically, if your dream turns into a nightmare, find another mm-hmm. dream. It's on Audible. Um, but if you're deaf, there's a PDF. So you can also read it. And then I'm maysoon.com. Like the month of May is coming soon. Maysoon.com. It's got my Instagram. It's got my cat Beyonce's, you know, pictures. <laughs> it's got my tour dates. If you forget how to spell Maysoon, uh, Palsy Palestinian, I'm the first one that comes up. And uh, yeah, please, please uh, stay tuned for my Scholastic comic book that is coming out. It's going to be amazing. Uh. Thank you so much for doing this, Maysoon. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Okay. If you like this episode of Oh, Why Won't You Date Me, you can like, uh, rate it, review it, subscribe. I don't know. On Apple Podcasts. If you send me something nasty hitting on me, I will read it. <laughs> um, okay. Three long fingers will burrow up into your gushy folds as I sink a hand into you like I'm exploring a bouncy castle on ecstasy and feel your heartbeat ricochet down my arm. Your pussy will drip like an overwhelmed AC unit in Miami. <laughs> Put that dimpled velvety ass in the air so I can pop my cock oh, into it. <laughs> like God. a porky pig at the, at, the, <laughs> at the end of a Looney Tunes. And then carve you up like an industrial corn thresher. Well, thank you. That's uh, That one was interesting. Okay, bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by... Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. (laughs) This has been a Team Coco production. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 